Hello and welcome to the Plasticology Project podcast. Conversations about plastic pollution and stories from inspiring people trying to make the planet cleaner. I'm Dr. Paul Harvey, host and author of the Plasticology Project book. Thanks for joining me. On this episode of the Plasticology Project podcast, I talk with James Wakibia, an environmentalist, activist, and photojournalist based in Kenya. James has been instrumental in helping to fight plastic pollution in Africa. In 2013, James began raising awareness about the plastic pollution in his hometown, Nakuru, about 150 kilometers away from the Kenyan capital of Nairobi. By 2015, James has started a Twitter campaign to capture global attention using the hashtag BanPlasticsKE. In 2017, single-use plastic bags were banned in Kenya, and James is largely credited for that success. After almost a decade campaigning, James has seen huge changes in the way plastic and plastic pollution is managed. I caught up with James over video call from his studio in Kenya. James, welcome to the Plasticology Project podcast. Over to you. My name is James Wakibia. I'm a plastic waste campaigner based in Kenya. I've been uh, campaigning for bans on plastic bags. I've been campaigning for for proper waste management, uh, especially on plastic since the year 2013. You know, when uh, I noticed there was a big problem of plastic pollution in the country. So I decided to, you know, to take uh, things you know, my own way and try do what I could to try influence some change because I believe individuals have power to change. And if we don't talk about the issues that affect us, nobody will. So it's not about really passing brain because most people, I think um, they see issues and then they say somebody should do something. I think it's about time individuals, you know, take up and do something themselves that could uh, bring change. James, I absolutely love that point. And you are 100% right. We are all in this together and we have an opportunity to make a change. In terms of the work that you do, what sort of changes have you seen over the time that you've been working with plastic pollution? Uh, first of all, I can say there have been a lot of uh, positive change. You know, my campaigns were to call for ban on plastic bags, and Kenya did actually ban plastic bags in 2017. And I was engaging those campaigns to call for those bans. And so I can tell you for real, there have been a very big changes. Our environment is much cleaner. The plastic bags I used to see in the streets, on trees, on drains, and everywhere else are not there or they have reduced dramatically. So yes, and I'm also very hopeful, you know, with the discussions now, especially on global plastic treaty, governments are also discussing how to ban single-use plastics at government level or national level. And of course, there are regional discussions also. So the world is really moving in the right direction, especially on the issue of uh, you know coming to an agreement or discussing ways to 
manage plastic waste. So it's a very good thing. Some time ago, you know, words like uh, circular economy, you know, were not so much. You wouldn't hear so much of single-use plastics or recycling, you know. So these things are there. Even companies are coming up with desks on sustainability and all. And I think it's because, you know, citizenly people of the world are now very woke to the issues affecting our world, especially plastic pollution. Now, James, you've been fairly active in the space of plastic pollution for quite some time. In fact, you started in 2013, so almost a decade you've been working to combat Kenya's plastic pollution problem and also the plastic pollution problem more globally. Can you give us a sense of how people have changed in their perception to plastic pollution over that period of time? People in uh, the grassroots level of the community are tired about the issue of plastic pollution. They understand plastic pollution is not just a waste management problem, but also a problem that has been pushed by industries. And so uh, the people that I have interacted with have been, you know, especially been uh, supporting my campaigns, you know, and asking if government could do more, you know, ban single-use plastics, provide the alternatives that are more sustainable and such. So I feel, you know, the community has been uh, put in a position, you know, where uh, the issue of plastic is, they have been pushed, it has been pushed so much into them, but they, are, they have remained with the plastic, they don't know what to do with it. Companies are asking them to recycle it, but the companies themselves do not recycle it. You know, the companies that are producing plastics are not the companies that recycle plastics, when a company tells you to recycle, they actually does not do what it tells you to do. So people are beginning to, to ask questions, to ask these companies themselves to recycle that plastics, to indicate without uh, really giving wrong impressions about plastic, to indicate correctly if that plastic is recyclable or not, to indicate if that plastic is single use or not, and to state who should recycle it? Because telling uh, consumers to recycle, you know, without those companies themselves having recycling plants, is actually, you know, doesn't fit logic. This is, of course, something that a lot of communities around the world are facing. This challenge of being told to recycle your packaging, your containers, your bottles, but there's no guidance on exactly how to do that. And many people argue that the burden should be on the manufacturer rather than the end use consumer to have a reasonable and reliable end of life resource reuse recovery recycling process already included into the design and the manufacturing cost of that particular resource. Now, of course, the Kenyan government has been essential in the fight against plastic pollution and trying to make a positive change. Can you tell us a little bit about what the government has been doing and how impactful that has been in the fight against plastic pollution? Governments, especially in my country, has been uh, at the front right in uh, war against plastic pollution. 
we banned single-use plastic bags in 2017, and uh, two years later, or three years later, in 2020, the government banned all single-use plastics from, you know, getting into protected areas in parks, uh, forests, game reserves. And that shows you the commitments we have with the government. I think the government really understands the important or importance of conserving the environment and uh, fighting plastic pollution. We spoke a moment ago about companies that manufacture plastic products being held accountable, being held responsible for also reusing, recycling, uh, repurposing those resources once their operational life has expired. How do you see those companies operating currently in terms of what they're doing to reduce their plastic waste burden and being environmentally conscious operators in the global market? Uh, I think plastic companies do not want to be responsible for the end of life of their products. They want the status quo. They want to continue producing like they have done, uh, you know, since, since time in memorial when the plastics are become being manufactured. And uh, so, you know, asking plastic companies to, to be better, to manage their plastics is not really something they are listening to. They would want to continue producing pollution for the longest time uh, they can. I understand that the Kenyan government has recently made attempts to introduce legislation and other items that will place a pressure and a burden on those plastic manufacturers for them to do something. Do you think that will work? Will that be effective at reducing the amount of plastic that is introduced into the resource stream to begin with? You know, plastic companies or industries do not want the idea of, you know, being put to task. They want to continue producing and uh, without questions, all they are asking the government is to invest more in solid waste management. I know solid waste management is, a, is an issue, but the biggest problem is in, is in plastic. James, one of the issues that you've spoken about previously is this idea of burning waste and solving some of the waste resource problem by simply putting it into a big fire, igniting that, and letting it all turn into charcoal and smoke into the atmosphere. What are your thoughts on that process? It doesn't need the rocket science to know that this burning is too much. You know, I have taken pictures of landfills on fire and the fires are burning months and months without stopping. And therefore, the smokes are too much and, you know, they are getting into the air, definitely contributing to climate change. You know, and besides contributing to climate change, these smokes affecting, affect people. You know, there are people working in landfills. You know, there are people around landfills. Those people's health is definitely impacted by these smokes because the smokes have particulates, the smokes have dioxins and other chemicals which could cause respiratory and other problems in human health. James, given that you can see there still remains 
many issues with plastic pollution in Kenya and globally. What are you currently doing to continue your effort and your fight against plastic pollution? I'm trying to do what I can with the, with the regional resource and, uh, and platforms I have, uh, particularly social media, you know, my photography and um, photojournalism. So I use everything that I have to highlight the impact of plastic in the environment. I also try to pinpoint who is producing pollution because those people who are producing plastic are essentially producing pollution if they are not responsible. And by far, they are definitely not responsible. And they're not just plastic companies. They are fossil fuel companies, companies that whose business is extracting oil, you know, and oil is destroying the world. You know, we are, we are extracting oil and uh, which is contributing massively to climate change. I've heard people draw that connection quite a number of times between plastic pollution and the fossil fuel industry. Could you just give the listeners a bit more of an understanding about the connection there and why we're starting to have that conversation? In future, most people are going towards uh, clean energy. They are thinking about investing more in, in plastics because ultimately people will do away with, with oil for, for, for cars and transport. And, you know, having that in mind, they want to invest more in plastics. That's why America Chemistry Council just a few years ago, you know, through a, you know, in a, in, in a letter they had written to their negotiator, the American government negotiators, to talk to Kenyan government negotiators so that Kenya would uh, relax its strict uh, uh, laws on, on plastic. And by that I thought they were interested at uh, having our government lift the ban on plastic bags and also allow uh, importation of uh, plastic waste or the plastic waste trade. And also I am also in, in my view, I also think Americans, especially in cities like uh, Louisiana that have been toxified like chemicals are tired and they may push for closure of those plants that are killing them and making their people, you know, have cancer. So these uh, plastic uh, companies or petrochemical companies are looking for new grounds to that business. And they thought Kenya would be a perfect place because of its strategic position in Africa. So we are scared you know, to even think that uh, Kenya may become a hub for plastics and chemicals, you know, for you know, to make for, for America. So those are things that really scare us. What do you see as being the primary problem associated with this waste trade agreement? How will that impact a country like Kenya? Our country itself is swamped with plastics. You know, we are not able to manage the plastic waste we already have. What will happen if uh, powerful countries 
like America decides to ship its plastic waste here. What will happen if we started producing plastic feedstock here? You know, we are going to suffer the consequences of plastic pollution in wastes and magnitude we cannot even measure. Already, if you went uptown in Louisiana, St. James Parish, you'll hear stories, you know, scary stories about how people are dying from cancers. Every household has somebody who has cancer, has a grave. So it's something very, very uh, alarming, you know, to think of, you know, a country, a small country like Kenya with a small economy, you know, being pushed into a situation where we may be, you know, toxified by, by plastic and plastic chemicals. There is a fear with this agreement that Kenya will become the doorway for an international plastic trade into Africa. Do you see that that is a potential for the future, should such an agreement go ahead? Yes, that's the right word. Kenya is going to be a doorway. It will be uh, the main uh, market to distribute uh, plastics to the rest of Africa and, and the world. And that will have a very big impact. If you came to our landfills and see the kinds of plastic waste we have, you know, you, you begin to understand what I feel, you know, because our production and the way we consume, it's, it's way, you know, I, I don't even know how to, to put it. We have been uh, driven by consumerism to think plastics are uh, matter of life and death because the way they present it, these plastic companies, they present plastic as something that is life-saving. It will get Africa and uh, other third world countries out of poverty. But it is not about solving uh, the issues of poverty. It is about the issues of making big buck. It is about the issues of capitalism, you know, enriching a few companies without me caring about the environment and the people. Plastic has chemical additives. And nobody is asking questions about these chemical arts. We look at our food, we want our food to be clean and you know, it is put through stringent quality testings. But when it comes to plastic and the products using for packaging, they are not properly measured. And we keep using these plastics. We are putting them in our microwaves to warm our food and Scientists are telling us that these plastics have additives and chemicals that are impacting our, 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 our bodies. And uh, so the science is there, you know. But of course, those who have a way, the plastic companies just continue doing what they want. We, can, we have a say, but they have a way. That is an incredibly powerful thing to say, James. We have a say, but they have a way. And this is a sentiment that is shared by so many people around the world in all environmental matters. 
James after spending almost 10 years in plastic campaigning. You must be looking to the future and thinking, what's next? What next step will I take? Where is your mind at and where are you heading in the future? First of all, I am very optimistic uh, about the world. I'm very optimistic about uh, our future. I'm optimistic that uh, people are going to wake up to realization that we need to be better. We need to do better. You know, I am optimistic about people who are, you know, coming out there and suggesting solutions. You know, there is good advice. Somebody has seen what is happening in the world with the production and the consumerism. You know, all the plastics that are being shoved into us and they are providing us with solutions and telling us, hey, you people, there are alternatives, there are good sustainable alternatives. And even where it's plastic, we can still use plastic, but try to manage its end of life in a much better way. Because ultimately, we'll need plastic. Plastic is important. We cannot demonize plastic and say, oh, plastic is bad. Not all plastic is bad. So all I'm saying is that we need a better way of managing the end of life of plastic. But of course, there are plastics that we actually don't need and they are single-use plastics. These plastics should be done away with. We should do away with such kind of plastics. Plastics that cannot be recycled, plastics cannot be, re be reused, plastics that cannot be refurbished. Such kind of plastics should be done away with. Many of us are now looking ahead to 2024 and the next five to 10 years beyond that as a result of the recently agreed upon Plastic Pollution Treaty. Many people believe that this will have a significant impact on plastic pollution globally. Many people believe that we will start seeing significant changes to plastic pollution and the way the resource is managed. How do you feel this treaty will impact Kenya? The world uh, just recently in March in Nairobi passed a resolution to come up with a, with a global plastics treaty by 2024. You know, that gives me so much hope. And I'm really lo looking at it and uh, hoping that the plastics treaty will stop plastic pollution. I don't know how, I have no details as to what will be, the, will be contained in the, in the treaty itself, but something is telling me that the world is waking up to a point that, you know, majority of countries in the UN can come up together and agree to forge a resolution that will come up with, a, in, with an instrument that will address plastic pollution. Even if it does not address plastic pollution in the next few years, the fact that we are discussing plastic pollution at that global level is so key and important that even the small kids now will grow knowing that plastic is, is not good, that they can think about other sustainable things that can bring about change and better environment. So I have lots of hope, especially with the, with the treaty, 
with my government and with other governments all over the world. But hey, companies that are producing plastic also need to wake up and begin to understand they are also part of us humans. You know, besides making money and uh, being rich and having big bank accounts, it is also important that we produce goods that are sustainable. It is also important that they produce things that are not going to harm us and kill us. Like they used to produce DDT, a cancerous or a, a, a chemical that really caused uh, a lot of problems in, in humans. Plastic, in a way, can be compared to like a nuclear bomb because it doesn't affect us immediately. But in the long run, people begin feeling it. If you're told you have plastic in your blood, in your lungs, and you don't know what it is doing inside there, you, know, you will be worried because maybe the reason for us having so many diseases nowadays, the cancers, is because of such small things in our bodies because they're not supposed to be there. Our nature is supposed to be green. You know, it is not supposed to have different colors of red and yellow and plastic, artificial fake colors of plastic. It's just supposed to be natural, green and brown and, you know. But now it's sad that our blood doesn't, it's not red anymore. The natural red of the blood is now contaminated. It's polluted with the blues and greens and the purples of plastic. And that is not what we desire. If somebody is in the business of producing pollution that is killing us, we should state it as such. Plastic companies should stop polluting our blood. Plastic companies should stop killing us. Plastic companies should stop killing our environment. James, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking to you on this episode of the Plasticology Project podcast. Thank you so much for joining me and thank you for sharing your expertise about your part of the world there in Kenya. As we head out, is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience? Any final words of encouragement or advice about plastic pollution? and helping to make the world a slightly better place. We need everybody out there who is concerned about the environment to champion or to call out for, you know, governments to do, to ban single-use plastics or to invest in better waste management, uh, including better recycling facilities for plastics, you know, and, um, I also run an organization, it's called Eco Rethink Organization. It's actually an organization that uh, is trying to rethink the whole aspect of uh, sustainability production and consumption, majorly on plastic pollution, try to keep people aware about the plastic, the impact of plastics in the environment. So we need a lot of support in passing our message. We need people to, you know, to, know, to help us escalate our, our, our messages, our conversations to reach to every part of the world because plastic is every part of the world. Plastic is the highest, is so the highest mountain in Mount Everest. It's also in the deepest part of the ocean and sadly it's in our 
you know, blood. So these messages need to be escalated. We need to preach this message so that everybody can be converted to have a green heart so that they can think more green and more sustainably. Thank you for listening to the Plasticology Project podcast. I hope you enjoyed this discussion with James. If you'd like more information, please see the show notes or visit the website www.docpjharvey.com and follow the links to the Plasticology Project. The Plasticology Project receives no financial support. If you'd like to financially support the Plasticology Project and its initiatives, please follow the link on the website. This has been another episode of the Plasticology Project podcast. Thanks for listening.